This is the sermon for Sunday, September the 18th. The scripture is from Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 to 13. Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 1 to 13. And the title of the sermon is, Has God Abandoned Us? Let's hear the word of the Lord. In the sixth year, in the sixth month, on the fifth day, while I was sitting in my house, and the elders of Judah were sitting before me, the hand of the sovereign Lord came upon me there. I looked, and I saw a figure like that of a man. From what appeared to be his waist down, he was like fire, and from there up, his appearance was as bright as glowing metal. He stretched out, stretched out what looked like a hand and took me by the hair of my head. The Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven, and in visions of God, he took me to Jerusalem, to the entrance to the north gate of the inner court, where the idol that provokes to jealousy stood. And there before me was the glory of the God of Israel, as in the vision I had seen in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked, and in the entrance north of the gate of the altar, I saw this idol of jealousy. And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The utterly detestable things the house of Israel is doing there, things that will drive me far from my sanctuary. But you will see things that are even more detestable. Then he brought me to the entrance to the court. I looked and I saw a hole in the wall. He said to me, Son of man, now dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall and saw a doorway there. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked and detestable things they are doing here. So I went in and looked, and I saw portrayed all over the walls all kinds of crawling things and detestable animals and all the idols of the house of Israel. In front of them stood seventy elders of the house of Israel, and Jaazaniah, son of Shaphan, was standing among them. Each had a censer in his hand, and a fragrant cloud of incense was rising. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the darkness? each at the shrine of his own idol? They say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Again he said, you will see them doing things that are even more detestable. And then uh, just a little bit down below that in verse 16, it talks about how the people were bowing down toward the east. And they're worshiping the sun, so their backs are turned toward the holy place of God in the temple, and they're, and they're worshiping the sun. Their backs are turned toward God and turned toward something else. Well, let, let us pray before we continue. God, our Father, I pray that you please impact us with this vision that you gave to your servant, Ezekiel. And God, I pray that you would please... Make us ready for the return of your son, Jesus. Amen. So I titled this sermon, Has God Abandoned Us? You see, when Ezekiel received this vision from God, it starts off where he's sitting in exile. He has been taken away from the land of Israel. He's in exile, and I'm sure the people in exile were wondering, now that we're away from from our homeland, maybe maybe being in another land, God has abandoned us and brought us here, and being far from his temple, maybe he's abandoned us just because we're far away from him. 
But the other people who were still back in Israel, back there worshiping God at the temple, we can see that, that they have thoughts about God abandoning them. Do people today in churches like this one have thoughts about God abandoning us? I think about the state that our churches are in, like so many other churches, we are not seeing many conversions. We are not seeing people come to faith in Christ. We're not seeing people turn away from sin and turn to God, receive Jesus Christ, be saved. We hear stories about times in the not-too-distant past when lots of people every year would get saved, get baptized, their lives would be changed, families would be changed for, for generations to come sometimes. Um, whole communities would be changed by revival. We're not seeing that. Neither are we seeing visible growth in the church. We're seeing shrinking in so many ways. Well, it should lead us to question whether openly or, or in our hearts, many people are asking the question, has God abandoned us? And it is appropriate for us to ask that question. Uh, you'll, see, you'll hear me say in this sermon that the Bible, the Bible does say that it's good and right for us to ask, has God abandoned us? But we need to be very careful how we ask that question. Because if we ask it in a certain way, and if we come to certain conclusions about it, then we are actually inviting our own condemnation. We're inviting our own condemnation, so let's be very, very careful how we ask this question. Well, let me tell you something that the Bible says about the last days before we, before we really get into exploring what, what Ezekiel saw thousands of years ago. Let's look at what Jesus said would happen thousands of years after him, which is perhaps what we see happening today, what, what he speaks about the last days. He says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, when he's speaking about the last days, he's speaking about the Christians in the last days. He says, Many will betray and hate each other, and many will turn away from the faith. Many will turn away from the faith, and many will betray and hate each other. So let me turn there and make sure I got that right. I memorized many years ago, but I just want to make sure that... Saying that right. Matthew 24, 10. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Well, do we see people turning away from the faith in the church in Canada today, in 2022? While coming out of the pandemic, just across the board, all kinds of different churches, they say that the, the statistic is that about a third of people who were in your church before before the pandemic, a third just never show up again. We see many people turning away from faith in Jesus Christ and worshiping him as he commanded us to worship, two or three coming together in his name, worshiping him together, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. We are seeing many people turn away from the faith and if not betray and hate each other, at least not care not care about those whom they are leaving behind. Well, Ezekiel gives us a vision of what it looks like when people betray and hate each other. and Or sorry, a vision of what it looks like when people turn away 
from the faith. People turn away from faith in God and in Jesus Christ. Except it's not what we would expect turning away from God to look like. Because God takes Ezekiel to the temple, and here Ezekiel is, is living in exile far away from the temple, and he's probably thinking, oh, those people back at, in Jerusalem at the temple, they're probably, they're probably just having a great time worshiping God, and here I am far away from the temple. But God takes Ezekiel to the temple, and he shows Ezekiel what's going on at the temple. And this is, this is a vision so perhaps things weren't going literally exactly like this, because some other things that happen after this, we don't have any record that they really happened in the temple with angels slaughtering people and so on. But, but it, God is showing a very real picture of, of what God is being impacted by, of what's going on and how God sees things. And God shows Ezekiel, especially this picture of these people who are at the temple, they're elders of Israel, they're at the temple, but where are they at the temple? Oh, they went to the temple to worship, but where did they go? Well, they went in, in through the secret door to worship idols that are in a secret room in the temple. And so they are people who are outwardly worshipers of God at the temple of God, the temple of Israel. They're still outwardly God's people, But there they are worshiping images, worshiping idols, turning their hearts away from God and doing exactly what he commanded them not to do. And if you ask them, well, are you a worshiper of God? Oh, yes, I'm a part of a prominent family. Jehazaniah here, who is the son of Shaphan. Oh, those were faithful people, the family of Shaphan. Oh, those are, those are God-fearing people. These 70 elders, oh, they are, they are prominent people. They are somebodies in the temple of God. But when they're in the temple of, of God, what are they doing? They're worshiping these other things. Now, it might seem silly to us when it says that they're worshiping pictures of things that are on the walls. And we think, how could someone worship a picture? But let me ask you today in 2022, how different from that is it what you stared at for some of this week? Pictures on a big flat screen on a wall in a prominent place in your house. Pictures that shaped what your heart treasures. Or pictures on a screen, on a device in your, that you carry around with you in your pocket. We are people today who love pictures, love images. We're shaped by images. We give our lives to images. And a person who perhaps has, has forsaken the worship of the living God and has abandoned God, maybe in a lot of the time that they were coming to church, and maybe a lot of the people who are in church today, their hearts are set on the images that they've been seeing all week instead of their hearts being set on the living and invisible God. And so when we picture what it'll look like 
in Matthew 24.10 for Christians to turn away from the faith, maybe it will look something like Bible-believing Christianity of people saying, yeah, I'm a, I'm a church member, I'm a, I'm a part of a prominent Bible-believing family, oh yeah, we're faithful, not an outright rejection. It's, it's actually pretty hard today to find people who will say outright, yeah, I'm an atheist, I, don't, I believe there's nothing. But yet, while they're involved in the church, while they're still a member of the church, they have really turned their backs on God. And down the road, that might lead to them never showing up at church anymore. But in their hearts, they've turned their backs on God. But then the scarier part of this vision that God gives to Ezekiel is that God digs down even deeper, even deeper than digging through this wall and showing Ezekiel the secret door in the secret room. God digs even deeper into what these people are saying to themselves in their hearts. And God shows Ezekiel why it is that these people have turned their backs on God and turned to these images that they worship as gods and, and treasure as gods instead of the true and living and invisible God. It's in verse 12, and it's that these people say, God does not see us. Now, this is interesting because they can't see God. He's right there with them. But they're saying he can't see us. They're getting it backwards. God can't see us. God does not see us. He has forsaken the land. See, they're... They're explaining to themselves why they've turned to other gods. They're saying, well, it wasn't me that left him. It's him that left me. He's forsaken me. Why do they think that? They think that God has forsaken them. And so they turn their backs on God, even while he's right there listening to them, listening to them say these things in their hearts maybe muttering them with their mouths, maybe whispering them to each other. Well, why do they think that? Why do they think that God has forsaken them? Well, I think it's probably because they're not getting the blessings and the successes and the joys that they think go along with God being present. Perhaps they, they've read parts of the Bible that, are, that contain many promises of blessings. Perhaps they've read the stories in the Bible about, about the good old days when things were really good. Lots of success, lots of glory, lots of joy, lots of unity, lots of happiness, lots of wealth, lots of prosperity. And they're thinking, well, we don't have that, so it seems like God has left the building. Well, when they're thinking about the good old days, little do they remember that the good old days of Israel often involved waiting for God. Remember in the, the great victory of Israel at the Red Sea, it seemed like it was too late. Moses challenged them to wait for God, and God came through. And all through the wilderness, God was teaching them to wait for God. God would come through. And God taught them that, that living the good old days is living 
a life of waiting on God, trusting God, and God coming through, even when things seem too late. And little do they remember that in those good old days, there were often people who refused to wait for God to come through, and who thus invited their own condemnation. Well, all they remember, it seems, about the good old days is is people being happy. And in their experience of worshipping those images, there's something about worshipping those images that makes them happy. Now, not later, now. But the invisible and true God is worth waiting for, let me tell you. And there were people there at the temple. There were people there who, it seems, refused to worship those images and who were waiting for God to come through. And let me tell you, it is not easy to be one of those people because it's a life of grief. It says in chapter 9, verse 4, when God sends an angel throughout the throughout the, the people of who are there at the temple, God sends, sends an angel through to put a mark on the foreheads of all those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. See, they, these were people who, they, they couldn't change things. They couldn't, they couldn't make temple, temple worship the way it should be. But the one thing they could do is they could just grieve and lament over it as they waited for God. It's not a fun thing to be someone who waits for God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But there were people who did it, and let me tell you, God noticed, and he notices today. God notices those who wait for him, as much as it hurts to wait. Well, if what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, 10 is, is truly about people who are turning away from God and his true worship today, then I I wonder if their turning away from God is the same sort of thing as the people in Ezekiel's day turning away from God, then what are people's disappointments today that make them think that God has forsaken them? Well, perhaps they feel deeply disappointed that the church is not the exciting crowd that it once was or that it should be, or that it could be. Or they feel disappointed, or cheated somehow, that time given to worshiping God seems to take away from their life instead of adding to it. They forget that worship is to be a sacrifice. Or they feel deeply disappointed that most of the next generation of Nova Scotians has turned away from worshiping Jesus Christ. Well, if that is you, that you feel so disappointed, you have those disappointments deep in your heart, then I I want you to ask yourself if what what your current position is, and by your position, I mean which, 
way is your back pointed? Which way is your front pointed? Because if you're a person feeling those disappointments and therefore your back is turned toward God and your heart is muttering about how he has forsaken you and us, then I want you to please realize that as you mutter those things in your heart, he is right there with you hearing it. And he loves you. But you may be muttering those things to your own condemnation and to your own path to hell. But with that, I want to also encourage you that please don't get me wrong, if you're a person who's feeling that deep disappointment, if you're a person who's feeling confused, if you're a person who's feeling disappointed, then there is definitely a place for you in God's story. The Bible doesn't condemn you just for feeling confused. The Bible doesn't condemn you just for being disappointed. But please make sure that as you're feeling those things, your front part is pointing toward God as you feel those things. No, don't just mutter those things to yourself. Turn toward God and cry them to him. You know that many of the Psalms, many of the prayers, not just in the Psalms, but throughout the Bible, are prayers to God of complaint, saying, God, where are you in this? Why does it seem like you've abandoned us? You read Psalm 13. It's a classic psalm of complaint. How long, O Lord, will you forsake me? How long will you look the other way? And yet these psalms of complaint always turn to trust in him. I will wait for you. I will wait for you, and there will come a time when I will worship you in joy again. And as we acknowledge our sinfulness in the midst of our confusion and our disappointments, as our faces are turned to God, we can even pray to God, God, don't take your presence away from me. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Like is in the prayer of confession and repentance in Psalm 51, 11. And as you picture God being right there with you, in the midst of, of you feeling like he's forsaken you, then, then don't just picture him being physically near you, though he is. Picture him also being near you and him knowing what it feels like to be abandoned. Picture something even greater than anything of Ezekiel got to have a vision of. Picture the vision that the gospel gives you, that God became a man and dwelt among us and felt what it feels like to be forsaken by the world. To have people who sing your praises one day, then, then turn their backs on you another day. To be forsaken by your friends, people who've pledged their, their, their commitment to you, then turn their backs on you and run. 
to be forsaken by your successes. All the things that seemed to be going so well, just, whew, they're gone. Jesus experienced that. And wonder of wonders that it is, God the Son, Jesus Christ, even experienced what it felt like to be forsaken by God the Father as God the Son died on the cross, bearing the weight of all of our sin, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, he knows what it feels like. And yet, he died directing his question and his frustration and his heartbreak to his heavenly Father. And so he would even die waiting. He would die groaning and crying out, but trusting. And he bore all of that in order to pay for all of our turning away from God. So let's turn to God. Let's turn to God. You see, people who abandon Jesus Christ and his worship today do so because they forget that the Christian life is a life of following in Jesus' footsteps. Following in Jesus' footsteps as he waited for God, his heavenly Father, so we wait for Jesus. We wait for Jesus to come back on the clouds. And the Bible doesn't say that everything is going to be easy as we wait the Bible doesn't say that everything's just going to be one big party and, and, and happiness and, and success as we wait. It'll be everything that is hard about waiting. And people will think we're nuts for waiting. And the Bible says that many will give up waiting. And the Bible says that for those who give up waiting, that day will come upon them as a trap instead of as a joy. All of that's not to say that there is no power in this life for a Christian, no power for success, no power for the gospel. But let me tell you what kind of power it is. Ephesians chapter 1 says that it is the power of the resurrection. Apostle Paul prays for the Christians there in Ephesus that they will know the power that is at work on their behalf, that it is the power of the resurrection, the power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at God's right hand. Let us learn that the power that works on our behalf, even in this age, even for the successes that we will have before Christ's return, will be the kind of power that comes when it seems like it's too late power of the resurrection. And so even for that, we need to be people who wait and who trust. Let me tell you that you will never know the power of the resurrection if you turn your back on God and if you conclude decisively that he has abandoned us. Now every one of us has thought that at some point or another. Let me tell you that every Christian who has made it to heaven has been a person who repented of such thoughts. Who brought the who laid those turned back to God and laid those thoughts before God and said, God, I'm sorry for taking this again. 
And the Bible warns us that there are many people who thought themselves Christians, but who end up in hell, who end up shut out from God's glorious kingdom because they treasured their conclusion that God has abandoned us and that God does not see. Let me tell you, God is right there beside you, ready to forgive you. May you turn your face to him. May you turn your heart to him and not your back. Amen.